0: The year is 1984. Terry Wogan hosted the national final in London and Bell and the Devotions won a landslide and went to Luxembourg to represent the United Kingdom. I'm actually a bit nervous today since I will be interviewing an actual native English speaker. So I beg your pardon in advance for my Swinglish. And I hope you will understand in both meanings of the word. But enough of my shuddering, Welcome to the podcast, Schlager Vännerna. Keep Roll from Bell and Devotions.
1: Hi there, Emil. Hi there. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, and your English sounds pretty good so far. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a lot better than my Swedish, which is sorry.
0: with the song love games but tell me this was not your first time on a eurovision stage right
1: no i think i started the well i started doing backing vocals for this song for europe quite a few years earlier and i did backing vocals for lots of different people but i went to my first my first foray (laughs) into eurovision actually going there was munich so that would be with sweet dreams and i think. Is that 82, I think? It's eighty-three (laughs) kids. I don't know. How can I remember so far behind? And that was Munich and then um, of course the next time I went was myself and then after that the next time I went was backing I can't think of her name <laughs> Samantha Janus yes well done Samantha Janus yeah I backed Samantha <laughs> and that <laughs> was in 90 90 something I can't remember 91 Ninety you one. you know much more than me you should do this interview because you know far more than me <laughs> <laughs>
0: What are your memories from
1: 1983 in Munich? Um, I had the job of booking the other backing singers. Um, we had Alan Carvel and also Hazel Dean, who is a great old friend of mine. So we, Hazel and I and Alan, we backed in, in Munich and we had, a, we had a really good time. We had a very good week there because Munich were very, oh, they were great. The hospitality was fantastic and we had a very memorable week. But having said that, it's so many years ago, I can't remember an awful lot about it, but we had a lot of parties and a lot of good times. And doing the actual show was was brilliant. You know, the, the group were great, sweet dreams. They were all brilliant. It was good.
0: And then one year after, uh, you competed yourself. Yeah. And yeah. what I understand, you, Kit, was Belle and the other yeah. two girls, the devotions.
1: Exactly, yeah. Um, Linda is now Louise, but she's the same person. And apparently... Uh, Linda Sofield and Laura James were my girls and they're still very, very close dear friends and we see we see each other every year several times. Uh, but Linda was called Linda then and now she's Louise because actually Louise was her real name all the time and for some reason they called her Linda. And of course they called me Belle, but I'm kidding. <laughs> How did this group form? Um, the songwriters Graham Sacker and Paul Curtis I had worked with for uh, quite a few years and they came up with a song which they thought was perfect for me for my voice and that song was called where did love go wrong it was a very similar kind of feel to um to love games and it was reminiscent of the old um, Dinah ross supremes motown sound those songs always suited me really well song for me we recorded it and then we didn't we knew we needed we came up with the name bell and the devotions and we knew we needed two or maybe even three girls and so i didn't have anything to do with choosing the first set of girls who were to be devotions but three girls i have old photographs of them somewhere there were three girls were brought in to do photographs and rehearse the song the first song where did love go wrong which was not for your vision and then nothing happened with the record. And we realised that the image of the girls, it wasn't right. The image wasn't right. <clears throat> and then we decided we wouldn't put together the rest of the group and find a couple of girls until we got a real bite, something happening on the music, on the records. So I'm just trying to remember. We, were on, we started out on DJM records, that's Dick Jones' music, and the first three singles were on DJM. Then they wrote Love Game, put it in for Eurovision, and it got into the Song for Europe. And so it was, OK, now we find the girls. And we found Laura and Linda, or Louise, as she is now. And they were just perfect, absolutely perfect. So that's how the group came together. After that, we, we had changed record companies to CBS, which seemed like a really good idea at the time. But in retrospect, it wasn't a good idea, because at DJM, we were at the top of the ver- heap of a very small record company. But the lure of CBS, who wanted the record for Eurovision, and the we of CBS who had Michael Jackson at the top of that heap, you know, we thought we'd get amazing sort of backup from CBS. And it was really a terrible shame and a shocking misjudgment to change companies because CBS just kind of took the money and run. And they had no interest whatsoever, despite the fact that we had a following and a fan club, they had no interest in promoting the band after Eurovision. And we had an awful time persuading them to put out the single after which was called All the Way Up after Love Games, and eventually when they put it out, the impetus was gone, practically. It was about four months after Love Games, and it was too long, and things fizzled. So I've kind of digressed a bit going on about the records from the girls and everything, but ask away, ask some more questions. I never stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think we
0: shall back some months ago, because I want to know all about 1984, and can we begin mm-hmm. with your styling? Because... Ah. I think no one would raise an eyebrow today, but in that time it was pretty edgy with plastic jackets and neon skirts in green and yellow. Who did your styling?
1: Well, um, there was a company brought in. To, obviously, the, the thing about styling was it came about between all of us—the um, writers. We had a management company then, Resmatas, and myself and the girls. And so we all got together and talked about the image. And we brought in, um, I think the management company, they knew lots of different people. They brought in a, um, a designer who were designing hip clothes, you know, and um, they said, can you design a sort of an image for our girls? And we all got together and came up with the image. We were going to be very brightly colored from the hair to all our clothes were going to be day glow clothes. And they designed and they were called, their little company was called Zoosh. And they designed our outfits for the Eurovision, and um, I still have the jacket, of course. Oh, yeah. wonderful! Yeah, so that's that's the people who designed the clothes and therefore started the image. Were called Zush. I don't remember their actual names.
0: <laughs> when I see your performance, I'm struck by your rather fierce attitude. And I mean, with the seductive looks in the camera and the casual throwing of jackets, and I wonder, did this come natural to you, or was it more of an act?
1: This was choreographed, yeah. And um, Chrissy, I can't remember her second name, but she was a choreographer brought in because I was never, I never dance, never dance, you know. And um, I I couldn't say I danced anyway; I just did the moves. (laughs) The girls. um, Louise and Laura, both, they're both very good dancers, actually, they're very good. So Chrissy Wickham, I think her name was, was brought in. She was a choreographer from Starlight Express and she had done the choreography, which worked so well for Bucks Fizz. Yeah. So she came in and she did our choreography for us. So yeah, there was always a kind of combined effort on everybody's part of throwing in ideas, but she did the actual choreography and he basically she thought up the catch thing of throwing the jackets and, and the, the main thing I think was that the catch thing where the girls were facing the other way and then they turn around. So it was quite clever I think. It was very good. It was quite clever. Yeah.
0: The song finished 7th but by the standards of the United Kingdom for the time it was actually one of the worst results in history. Were yeah. you too modern for the competition in 1984?
1: This appeared to be the case when we got to, we were perfect for England. When we got to Luxembourg, we found found that the the European press were not very enamoured of us. They were um, a little bit hostile, not all, but quite a few members of the European press were hostile. They seemed to think, oh, they accused us of uh, stealing the ideas of Motown music, you know, the Dinah Ross thing, and... um, and they didn't seem to like the hair and the outfits that we wore. It seemed to be a little bit ahead of time for them. Um, so yeah, we had a bit of hostility. We had a lot of fun, but we had a bit of hostility. And we, in England, we'd been tipped to win the competition. Um, which of course we did hope to, as everybody does. Um, when we, once we were over there in Luxembourg, they didn't like our image. It was as if it was too, too far ahead.
0: <laughs> Sweden won with the song Digilu Digile. your opinion, was this the right winner?
1: Uh, well, no, of course not, because Love Games was the right winner. <laughs> but, um, now, I mean, I don't remember much. I would have to replay the contest to remember the other songs, um, because it was so long ago. But, I mean, Diggy, it didn't do anything for me. It was more of a European pop song than the kind of, you know, American-type, UK-type pop song. It was a little bit too kitsch for me. Um, it didn't really do much for me. <laughs>
0: Neither me. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the song either. Good.
1: <laughs> have you been
0: asked again or before to compete in the national pre-selection?
1: Oh, no. We've never been asked to, and um, nor myself singly. We've never been asked to, to have anything to do with it since. Which, uh, not the actual, the actual, as you say, selection. Um, I think it would be great, I would have loved to. I would still love to you know we've done all sorts of eurovision parties and um we we've you know appeared at and performed at Eurovision parties over the years and we've we've been to sort of eurovision conferences and appeared and things like that and we we have a fan base in, certainly in england and and from my Facebook friends all over I would think, but we never we were never asked to do it again, which is a shame we would really like to. <laughs>
0: In 1991, you joined Samantha Janus that you, do you say Janus? Janus. Yeah,
1: we tend tend to say Janus, yeah. Janus, okay. In
0: 1991, you joined Samantha Janus in Rome, as you told us before. What do you remember of the week in Rome?
1: Um, I remember quite a lot, that's a bit closer, a bit. (laughs) So there's myself, again, Hazel Dean on backing vocals. And in fact, on this occasion, so the two backing vocalists were just myself and Hazel, because the actual group in the whole thing was Samantha, and she had three singer-dancers with her, so yeah. six of us all together, the usual rules for Eurovision that you can have up to six people, you know, and you can put them behind the scenes. The difference was in this in this occasion is they put us Uh, Not behind the scenes, because we'd had the ridiculous situation over Love Games where they accused us of letting the backing singers who were hidden do the actual singing, which was ridiculous. But on this occasion, Hazel and I were standing to the side of the orchestra, were with the orchestra, and they put us into camera every now and again, shot, so people could see there were two backing vocalists just there singing. Um, So, yeah, I remember a lot about it. We had, um, it was a good time, good fun. We stayed out at one of the hotels just outside Rome, and um, we had a sort of a journey to the. It was a film studio. We had this journey of about forty minutes each way on a coach to the film studio for the rehearsals. And the one of the best memories of the actual week was the first day of rehearsals. So we all piled onto our bus, and we were flanked by several police outriders escorting it, and in true italian nutty crazy style they they took it to the limits and they actually drove us through red lights at one point a car got it turning right at a, at, a, at a traffic light and it's so funny because they were told they had to turn it right down and we were not to be escorted as if it was an emergency <laughs> it, it was actually very very funny they escorted us as if it was a high emergency high-speed chase through red lights, it was crazy, and it's very Italian, and I love Italy and the Italians. <laughs> so that was part of it. Uh, Samantha was not known as a singer, really, but that's—I'm not intending to be bitchy about her or anything—but she wasn't really known as a singer, and she had quite a hard time because um, she did come under a lot of pressure from the producers, and um, because she wasn't used to actually doing it, you know, and doing it in that situation at big international level is quite a lot of pressure and it's not easy to perform your best.
2: A message to your heart right. oh, oh, I
1: do remember the night we were we um performed, we're sitting in the room, the green room or whatever it is with everybody else, where you go after you've performed and you start watching the voting and stuff. And we had high hopes and we soon got our hopes were a bit, you know, we were disappointed by some of the marks coming in. But, um, yeah, well, that's the way it goes for Eurovision. <laughs>
0: I previously spoke to the artist and vocal director, Alexandros Panagy, who sang backing vocals for Cyprus that year. And he described the production as an utter disaster. Do you agree?
1: Um, I need my, you know, I need my girls. I need the girls with me because between, when you interview, we've, we've done interviews, with three of us together. And it's great because then we immediately remind each other of different things. Um, yeah, you're ringing the bell. The girls I know, They've got much better memories than me, the younger. <laughs> um, you're ringing a bell that things were haphazard. Yeah, it was a bit chaotic. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, something I would call it very Italian. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was a bit chaotic from, from my memory, yeah. Mm.
0: Euro- Eurovision is gaining more and more traction over the entire world for each year, but not in the UK. How come?
1: Oh, no, no. You're, no! The UK, Eurovision's big big stuff now it's really come back into vogue and it's really big business and there's a massive following yeah it's really come back into fashion in the UK it was out of fashion for many years but it's the last few years it's really come back into fashion so I would have to disagree with you on that yeah That there's a crazy oh there's a real movement and there's the fans, I know I have a lot of Eurovision fans and, um, over here and they are so keen. They, oh, they're very keen. Yeah, so I was surprised. Be-
0: <laughs> because I know that the BBC fights, have fights, uh, an uphill struggle, finding willing artists to do they? compete.
1: <laughs> well, this is the problem. You know more about this than I do because
0: I <laughs> but, but I'm get, not in the know. But who do you, who do you think off to pick up the torch to, to go to Eurovision? from UK?
1: Me, of course. (laughs) When my husband was alive, I mean, years ago, we wrote lots of songs together, my husband and I, and we used to put songs in for Eurovision ourselves. Um, We never got one through, but um, I don't even know how that works. How does anybody put a song in? And I don't know how the selection works. Um, I would have to start um, googling it.
0: I really sincerely appreciate this marvellous opportunity to speak with you and prod your mind about your Eurovision experiences.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: I really hope we will see more of Bell and the devotions in the future.
1: Well, we're still here and um, Louise and Laura and I get together and we. our last performance was last year in Manchester for a Eurovision party. And we're still here and we're still available. <laughs>
0: Have you recorded any new new songs?
1: No, but that would be in this day and age that would be quite a simple thing. you know if we wanted to use that opportunity to, to do that yeah, that would be relatively easy because everything's much simpler now in the way of recording things and putting things to the public on the internet, whatever we could do in other words, if, if there's a reason for it you know we could do yeah the other tracks were released. It would be amazing if they could be re-released because um have you heard the other records that we made no i don't okay so i would like to introduce my favorite bow and devotions and this song is called i love like that If you like the idea of Bell and Devotions. And when Paul and Graham started to write specifically for me and my voice, when we did that, I think they wanted to, because they'd had other songs in Eurovision over the years, I think they wanted to actually veer away almost and just simply go for the British charts. And I think that was the way. So I don't know, I can't remember if they entered any of the other songs. I don't think they did. I think the first Bell and Devotions song that they entered for Eurovision was Love Games. Pretty sure.
0: Thank you for this talk. This was fantastic to speak with you.
1: Thank you, Emil. Thank you. It's been great.
0: Do you want to say anything to our listeners?
1: (laughs) Well, I'd just like to say it's great and amazing to be here all these years later talking about my Eurovision exploits. And um, if you'd said to me back in 1984, You'll still be doing interviews, radio things, podcasts and videos and performances in 2020. I would not have believed you, but I'd just like to say to everybody, thank you for still being fans, faithful fans. And um, I'm still here ready to sing for you, should it be required. And thank you very much for having me on your show in New York. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Cheers. <laughs> take care of yourself
0: yeah same to you (laughs) bye
1: bye yeah bye